Hey, good evening, um, people, the internet, whoever you are listening to us. We're going to be bringing you something different and new for Kenter at Your Own Risk, number 26, with Kent and Chris. And we're not actually going to be discussing horror movies as a primary facet of what we're going to be talking about. Instead, we thought we would do something nice and wholesome for the season and talk about Christmas movies, because I really need it down here in Florida, where there is no snow, there's never any snow, and it never looks like Christmas, ever. Yeah, is is that like a weird, that's weird, right? Coming from, you know, growing up, for the most part, in upstate New York, and even in the couple years I spent in Texas when I was growing up, we got snow every year I lived there, um, which was weird because like a quarter inch of snow would shut down like entire towns and you know you growing up where you're at right now can't you know that like a quarter inch is like nothing right Um, but you get to these warm weather and the cities don't budget for like all these snow plows so it's like a disaster right yeah and there's no salt there you know or i remember when i was stationed in kansas in the military um instead of plowing and then salting they would just salt so Oh, you know, it, everything would melt and then it would refreeze and then they would salt again and it would melt and it would refreeze and your undercarriage would just be shot by the time spring rolled around. Oh, my undercarriage is always shot by spring. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's it's really weird. You know, like, we don't have anywhere near as many, you know, like, pine trees, you know, the traditional Christmas trees that you think of down here. So seeing people decorate palm trees you know, string lights around them kind of, you know, weirded me out the first couple of years I was down here. But over time, I mean, the, the biggest thing I, I miss is just the look of snow. You know, I don't miss the cold. I don't miss having to shovel, but I miss, you know, the way everything looked and the, like the stillness you would get on like a, a night at like f- seven o'clock in the evening when everybody's inside because nobody's out, you know, wanting to be out there and you've got like a little bit of snow drifting down and so you're seeing the the haze in the air because of the uh the lights being obscured by the uh precipitation yeah i miss that kind of stuff yeah not, some, I mean, not so much like the 30 degree weather i still at least like in december and even maybe into january like there's something I don't know, nice about looking outside the window at night and with like just, you know, some random outdoor lights and seeing the snowfall. I, I don't know. That's, it feels right having grown up here. It's comfortable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man, this isn't even like a horror adjacent podcast. That's. I'm, kind of weirded out by this whole concept to be perfectly honest with you well seeing your list i'm, I'm imagining that at least one a horror adjacent title might have made it on there i'll never tell until it's my turn to tell <laughs> <laughs> so anyways let's get into this in the whole spirit of christmas um i stuck to a straight 10 this month i know you probably didn't but um I think my my list ended up being a little different than what I was expecting because I was expecting some of the things on there to be higher than they were or lower than they were. Um, but uh, do we want to? You, how's your list? You get more than ten. Um, I just have a couple of honorable mentions. I really did try sticking to the format this time, and 
I'll say, I'll say this. So I went into this like thinking, oh, I'm going to have like I I was thinking of all these Christmas movies, and then the next thing I realized, like I haven't watched hardly any of this stuff in twenty plus years, and I'm so oblivious about certain things. So I'm stretching the imagination of Christmas just a little bit. Everybody, don't hate me. All right. Well, then, how about we do this? Uh, we'll break it a little up from how we typically do it. Hit your honorable mentions, and then we'll do our, our number 10 each and work our way up until we get to the number ones. How's that okay. sound? That's right. cool. I- so, Kent, bringing in your honorable mentions. What do we got? Hon- okay, so the honorable mentions, I, I kind of think, is something for part B of the podcast. Okay, well, then we'll skip. Well, <laughs> I do have one bonus. So, I'll, I'll work along with what you're going with. I'm going to throw out a really weird film that you would not expect me to throw in here. Okay. Love Actually, which was a chick flick, has an amazing cast. I'm not saying that the movie's very good or anything, but for a chick flick, it ha- it's a revolving around Christmas. Ser- I don't know. if you- Have you ever seen Love Actually? It sounds familiar. Dude, look but- up the cast. It is absurd the talent in it, including Andrew Lincoln, who is Rick Grimes on Walking Dead, who has a very small part. Um, but, dude, it is just... I mean, I know Hugh Grant's like the big name, but Liam Neeson, Laura Linney, Bill Nighy, um, Colin Firth, Emma Thompson, um, like I said, Andy Lincoln, uh, Martin Freeman, Kira Knightley, I can never pronounce his name. Chiwetel Ojifor. I hope I'm close on that one. Uh, well, I mean, since she probably is not going to listen to our podcast, you're, you're probably safe. Ah, now we're just making weird assumptions here. We, we don't know this for fact, Mr. Chiwetel Ojifor. Alan Rickman. He's awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, like, I mean, Billy yeah. Bob Thornton. It's got, even it's got a yeah, really good cast. I, um... <sighs> I, I think I missed it, honestly. I I had it recommend to me back when I used to do the February chick flicks for like uh, the first two weeks of February. I can't remember who actually recommended it to me. So, I, you know, those two weeks are kind of like hell on me because I'm watching a bunch of stuff that I really am not into. But I have to say, this wasn't bad for romantic comedy. That that's That's why it's an honorable mention. And that's that's it. Like seriously, I kind of abided by the rules that you know we made up. I did good, kind of. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm proud of you, Kent. I really am. You're confused. I can hear like there, there's like this weird <laughs> uncertainty. Like I don't know what to do next because I expected him to take 15 minutes. <laughs> Anyways, um, all right. To get in into number tens. For Chris and Kent, my number ten, and this surprised me because I expected it initially to be higher, but then I had to really step back and think about it a little bit. Is uh, the animated version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Very good. Yes. And as much as I love it, like I'm not going to get into like the politics of it, but there are a lot of things that I'm like, it's probably not the best Christmas message, you know, like. Santa is definitely a dick. <laughs> in this, Such in a this dick. Movie. Yeah. And then 
just being able to flip it around and be like, oh, Rudolph, I left you all along here. Guide my sleigh. Ha ha. You know, kind of. But at the same time, it, it's such an iconic part of my childhood. You know, between Yukon Cornelius, you know, Hermie, the Islands of Misfit Toys, Bumble's Bounce. Uh, you know. Um, Everything about yeah. it's iconic, pretty much. I think, like... The songs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you something. So, I didn't include it on my list. Because I kind of left it for a potential podcast next year. So, I didn't really <laughs> include it. Um, but, so, this is, like, one of Raylene's favorite films. And so, for, like, the first five years of being together, I would just get her Rudolph shit. And... It was kind of an easy, no-brainer gift until I started getting, like, the same thing because I'd forget what I'd bought. Um, this happens a lot in my life. But eventually, like, we sat down and watched it one year. Usually she just kind of watched it on her own. And it was the most irritating experience of my goddamn life. She quoted it the whole damn movie. I'm like, why, why, why even... Why, <laughs> why I, I muted it at one point. I'm like, just, just, just tell the story as it goes because I... No, so never watched it again <laughs> with her after that because, damn it, some people are really super into it. I used to be that way with Big Lebowski. This was how it was for her with Rudolph. Still a great film, but I haven't watched it <laughs> since that particular evening. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, I, it's one I hope they never try to update, you know, because I have a feeling that it would deviate too far from you know like the 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 spirit of christmas in an effort to like try to appease everybody um but you know it's it, i the one that i i missed and I'll, I'll say this right now i missed putting on the list that i saw from the, the facebook post you made was the you know the original how the grinch stole christmas um but outside of those two, I mean, those those two are, like, to me, the epitome of, like, the Christmas animated shows. You know, I was never as super into, like, Charlie Brown Christmas, Frosty, well, okay, was, you know, never the same uh, caliber to me. I forgot what the one where the the same people who did Rudolph did the, the Chris Kringle story, or whatever is that like, one was called. Is it that like Santa Claus coming to town, maybe? Yeah, that maybe that one. I, I don't remember if that was the title, but... It wasn't as good, yeah. yeah. So, like, this to me is, like, the epitome of, like, the... Probably, like, the childhood Christmas animated show. The Grinch was always a little more adult, just because of the humor combined in it, but... There you go. That's my number ten. Like, because I don't want to give away too much in case we do this next year, but I will say that Grinch was my jam, and as a big, fat, pasty white guy, Frosty the Snowman, A, used to make me cry, and B, the magician, I don't remember his name, may be the greatest movie villain or TV villain of all time, and he never, ever gets put up on any of the horror icons but think about what that man did in Frosty the Snowman. Just think about it. It was pretty effed up. <laughs> like, he locked a little girl in a snowman in this room and turned up the heat to intentionally slowly kill him and make her watch it. I'm so Like, 
come on, that's pretty hardcore. Yeah. So maybe his name was John Kramer. You know, that won't be the last time that name comes up tonight. <laughs> but I know where you're going. Yeah. Um, right. So my number 10 um, is one of the movies on my list I actually saw in the theater. Um, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Uh, I don't remember much of it. I've watched it twice. I thought Tim Allen actually... It was one of the few times... Like... I don't know. Sometimes you see Tim Allen and, I don't know, the role doesn't... It, I don't know. Something about it just doesn't sit right with me. This was one of the few times where I really, like, aside from Home Improvement, that I was like, I really like this with Tim Allen. He he did a... I don't know. I thought he did a bang-up job. Uh, it was entertaining. And, like, by the time it came out, like, I was older. So, like, I... I guess that was the true test. Like, I, it was came out at a time where I was kind of jaded against like family-friendly movies, and it still worked for me. So, props. I um, I might have something to say about that in like three or four selections. So that's that's all. Just that's all. Say three or four. Are you bad at math, Chris? Yeah, I, I didn't have my list up right <laughs> when I was. <laughs> all right, go on. Um, all right, my number nine surprised me, and I forgot about it until I was looking at my DVD selection before um, before I was making this list. But I do think it's probably one of the better, more recent Christmas movies. Um, but I really had a blast with Office Christmas Party. All right. I think somehow... That movie may have ended up on my voodoo, and I have no idea how. Oh. Well, have you watched it? I haven't it? seen it. No, no. I, wa- I was uh, intending dude, on it. It's, it's the kind of humor that, like, it just works for me. Like, you know who T.J. Miller is, right? No. Should I? Um, Maybe. I don't know. He's a comedian. Like, he okay. he's might have done some questionable stuff, so I don't know how much more he'll be doing <laughs> going forward. But, um, um, like, he's he's one of those people who've been, like, over the top in some of their shit. And in here, he's just dialed down enough to be funny. You know, like, like that was what I was getting at. Jason Bateman's great in it. Jennifer Aniston's great in it. You know, a lot of the side characters are great in it. It's, like, uh, Kate McKinnon's in it. And it's again, it's another one where like she's not over the top like she was in Ghostbusters. She's dialed down closer to like a lot of her Saturday Night Live sketches that you know I appreciate. Um, it's just a really funny movie and like fucked up too in a lot of ways. So I enjoy that combination. And then throwing in you know like the Christmas aspect was a really interesting twist into it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I actually I know T.J. Miller because of Deadpool. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that's where I know him from. Yeah, he's a he, funny guy as far as I know, but I don't know what else he did. So I'm just gonna let that hang out. Oh, Courtney Vance is in it though. I like Courtney Vance a lot. I just watched him again in the American Crime Story with the O.J. Simpson stuff. Uh, yeah season that they did he's a really hell he's a hell of an actor i really enjoy him he's got a huge 
pardon my language, fucking range. So it's it's nice to see, you know, like I've seen him do comedy before, but it, it's been a, a while. He's done a lot of like drama lately. So he's a pretty friggin' funny part in, in this one. You know what? I lied. I don't have this on Voodoo. I have the night before oh. with like Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It actually that that makes even less sense based on how much I don't really like Seth Rogen. So I might actually have this on my Voodoo, so I'll, I'll be able to return the favor for you. Much obliged. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Kent, you're number nine. Hit me. All right. This is something I hate doing. This is something I usually avoid in any of our lists. I, I don't like doing more than one film in a franchise. And with horror, especially, you know, we always we mm-hmm. try to avoid it. Uh, in this case, I'm sorry, but Home Alone 2 is one of the best sequels, in my opinion, ever made. And... Tim Curry was a fantastic addition. It there's just a lot of cool things going on that I, honestly I kind of went into the movie even as a kid like not expecting it to be nearly as good as Home Alone and it, it, while it wasn't as great as Home Alone to me it was still really st- stellar film for me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, preposterous, obviously. Uh, far more preposterous than the original and you know how the storyline and all this stuff like really you're gonna leave your kid whatever it still worked for me and obviously like none of the other ones ever lived up to anything close right i well as far as i know there's only been two more like uh, home alone three and then the, the brand new one they made that is from home what sweet I understand. home alone yeah, yeah. is <laughs> yeah. not uh not very good but um yeah, I love Home Alone too. I um, if I had put more than one of his franchise on my list, that might have made it. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel was, dirty about it. What was the I Angels to... title for this one? Oh, for the the movie, right? Yeah, You're talking about? yeah. It wasn't Angels with Dirty Souls. That was the first one. It was. Um, I'm looking connections soundtracks. Gosh, I don't even know where the hell to even look on this. Yeah. I, I love that they were able to get another version of that for a different, you know, audio clips for the. <laughs> right, yeah, it, it was. Um, God damn, there's. So, dude, I'm looking at just references, and there's so many references made in the film in and of itself that I'm not finding the name at the moment. But, yeah, it was cool that they, they brought. Because that's such a beloved scene in, in the original that it. Just it made a lot of sense to bring it back, um, and, and I don't know that cast is so good. Uh, I I I don't know. I can't I can't say it's as good, but I can say that I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, yo, Catherine O'Hara, I have grown to really appreciate her as an actress. She, you know, like when. When we were that age, growing up, a lot of this, the stuff we saw her in was, um, you know, stuff like this, uh, Beetlejuice, you know, not comedies, but definitely, you know, family friendly for the most part. Um, seeing her do how much of the uh, like improv stuff she's done with the the guys from like Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind, you know, like 
she's really talented. You know, Shit's Creek. You know that whole Shit's Creek yeah. is yeah. phenomenal. That that whole crew. You know, like almost everything that they've done has been hysterical. I don't know. Did you ever see the one they did about the uh, the mascots? What no. The, what the hell was that called? But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm looking it up, but it well, was yeah. A, yeah. God, yo, Shit's Creek may have actually been probably my favorite sitcom of the past decade because a lot of the you know like The Office and Parks and Rec were kind of like in be like. Right, like, kind of divided in half between the two decades, whereas mm-hmm. Shit's Creek was all this decade, and I gotta say, it, I can't think of a sitcom that I enjoyed more than, than that. And the first episode, I really didn't like, but I went and I watched it, and then I rewatched it, I was like, holy shit, that, like, it's actually almost funnier on the second rewatch. In yeah. Weird ways. You know, Eric, I, I just played video games with Eric um, before we did this, and he asked me uh, a question, and you just brought Beetlejuice, and I, I wanted your thoughts on this. Can they or should they ever make a sequel to Beetlejuice? I think they are. God damn it. Okay. But from what I heard, they were doing it with the original cast, so that gives me gives me hope you know i mean everybody for the most part is still alive i think michael keaton alec baldwin gina davis you know winona they cannot bring back jeffrey jones <laughs> well yeah i don't yeah I don't, I don't i don't know how that would work yeah so i don't i don't know if it's actively in development but it's definitely something that i've seen seen them talking about especially with michael keaton going through like the kind of resurgence that he's been the last couple of years which is fantastic, yeah. Yeah, I like, love Michael Keaton as an actor. I, I've I've been a fan of his since like Mr. Mom, Night Shift, you know, nineteen eighty two, nineteen eighty three. So yeah, yeah, most you of know, my life. It was weird. He had one film, like so, like he kind. I don't want to say he disappeared, but I mean, he had that lull, as we know. And in the midst of that lull, he did Jackie Brown, and I was like bring Michael Keaton back and you know it took obviously a few more years before he kind of started getting back into it but I always thought he was amazing in, in Jackie Brown it wasn't like a huge role but it was a good role yeah he, he was a relatively small part and I think Desperate yeah I'm looking at his list Desperate Measures came out right around that and he got jacked for that I don't know if you remember that one I do not he was like um this is going really, really great for a Christmas one. But he was yep. a uh, like death row criminal, and Andy Garcia was like an FBI agent who um, his son had like some kind of de- like degenerative bone disease or something. And like Michael Keaton's character was like the the only like perfect donor match. So they got him to agree it for like a leniency in a sentence, and then like he escapes in the hospital while this shit's going on. You know, so it's. It was an interesting one, but yeah, like he got he got jacked for that that role. Fair enough. I've heard of it now that now that you've mentioned, I've had a gosh. I feel like maybe I've had this conversation with you about this film at some point. We Possibly. might have brought it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the list. I'm like, wow, I didn't re- remember like dotes dokes from uh, Dexter being in it. But <laughs> well, there you go. Um. So yeah, I am unsure if it's. 
Beetlejuice 2 is in development or just being kicked around. Or, But I know that they've at least talked about it. If they keep talking about it, you know, we've seen that usually can get willed into place and it might be good for Alec Baldwin to kind of get well, something it positive. It is being listed in Tim Burton's um, oh. IMDb. I, so. I'm all for if they're going to keep the original. I just don't want, uh, you know, whatever they did with the Ghostbusters type thing. Like, I, ju- I just want, if you're going to give me the original people, I, I can at least get behind that. If, if you're going to go, like, all new cast, then I'm not down with it. I guess that's the easiest way to go. Gotcha. All right. Uh, moving on to number eight. This one, um, I don't know, this one might, might seem criminal to a bunch of people because I, I know a lot of people list this as their favorite. But for me, my number eight is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh. I, I mean, I, let me put it like this. I'm just not a Chevy Chase fan. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, he was in a, a bunch of movies that I liked, but I never liked them because of him. And it's the same thing about, about this movie. Like, I, you know, I like Clark Griswold. You know, I, I appreciate all of the vacation movies. Well, all of the original vacation movies, I should say. Um, I think this is probably the best one out of all of them. I don't know if it's necessary. Like, I think probably my favorite Chevy Chase movie is Funny Farm overall. But uh, it just, uh, I don't know. It just, it never really struck me as much of, as like a lot of other um, uh, Christmas movies did. Yeah, I, I, I know, think yeah. this is... It's one of those films that uh, is required viewing in some households and not so much. And you know, the weird thing is, you're right about Chevy, because I know I'm in such a vast minority here, but I didn't care that much for Caddyshack aside from, like, Dangerfield and Bill Murray. Like, it wasn't as funny as everybody told me it was going to be. Fair yeah, I, I'm, I'm not certain what it was, like... I know there are people who are like, I was just watching something the other day where they were talking, you know, oh, it was, a, it was a podcast. Um, I don't know if you ever watched the, the one with Michael Rosenbaum inside of you or listened no. to it. He was, anyways, he was talking with some of the, uh, uh, like people from the eighties and they, you know, they were talking about like how Chevy Chase was like the highest paid comedian at the time. I was like, really? Wow. I was, that's surprising to me. Really surprising. Yeah, because... Yeah, that is honestly really surprising. Uh, I'm, I, wow, I'm really I'm really surprised by, by what you just said. But and then I start thinking about it, and he was, you know... He had the, the National Lampoon's vacation stuff. He had Caddyshack, the Caddyshack movies. He had the Fletch movies. He was in Three, you amigos. Know, Three amigos. Spies like us, yeah. You know, so he was it. He was in a ton of, a ton of stuff. I, right. I guess he, it was, was all the reason. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I I guess like just looking back in hindsight, though, you and I both know that there were so many more funny people, especially that time frame. Yeah. It's just you know maybe because he kind of gave off like an everyman type. 
Yeah, and, sometimes that works. And I'll be be honest too, like I was young enough at the time that I wasn't watching Saturday Night Live when he was on it. So I don't know how much to, you know, him being on that contributed to his you know, his reputation. Um, oh, yeah, because I mean, back, I, I, mean back, I know I know like a, a lot of like John Belushi's reputation as being like one of the funniest people in comedy was because of a lot of his Saturday Night Live stuff. I mean, he had he had the parts in like Animal House and whatnot, but he wasn't like a super prolific movie actor. Agreed. Be, being on SNL used to mean more than it does today in my opinion like i think people still like latch on and remember the glory days but i mean in the 80s and 90s like if you were an snl you got like you were guaranteed to have three or four feature films with your characters for whatever reason like that was just a thing that we all accepted and we trusted in the process no matter how many times it failed because sometimes it did succeed. Well, and we also had smaller casts back then. So, I mean, oh, when, yeah. you're, when you're looking at, like, eight people, you know, maybe ten at the most, versus, like, what, they have probably close to 20 now? Yeah, that introductory thing is, like, super long nowadays. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a different different time, man. Really so, I mean, is. yeah, I mean, Christmas Vacation has a ton of, like, really memorable scenes. But... For me, it's it's like one of the ones where like I only like it because of the sum of the parts. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I, okay. I, I completely agree with you. Alrighty. Thank you. Extent. Thank you. All right. Kent. All right. What is your number, number eight? Dun, dun, dun. Well, it's a movie I watched last year for the first time in a very long time um, since the old like VHS days. I definitely saw this in the theater. I'm going to harken back to a time when Jim Varney was alive and amazing, and I'm going to go with Ernest Saves Christmas. <laughs> Dude, alright, so like, when I watched it, I like last year, I watched it with very scared eyes. I'm sitting there like, I don't want to shatter my childhood. Like, you know, like, you ever go back and rewatch something that you really loved and you haven't watched it in 20-some years and you're like, kind of skeptical? I was, and like, yeah, there are times where you're like, all right, this is cheesy as shit. But, you know, as a kid, you laughed it up. And there was still enough stuff that made me laugh and made me giggle. And probably there was some stuff I get now that I probably didn't get as a kid. And overall, I just appreciate Jim Varney for, I don't know, being, like, willingly doing some of the shit that he did. Um, I um, I have a story to go into when you finish, but yes. I got you. Yeah, well, tell your story, man. When we, maybe like the first year or two when we had Netflix, back when, you know, it was the discs rather than the streaming. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, we had the, the three discs at a time, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to use my disc of the three to go back and revisit like a whole bunch of stuff from the eighties that I remember being amazing as I was growing up and see, see how much of it is aged well. So I forced my wife to sit through things like the Beastmaster, the last Starfighter, um, the, a bunch of animated shows like the original transformers, generation one galaxy Rangers, um, 
stuff like that. Was Highlander on this list? <laughs> I actually own Highlander Blu-ray Special Edition DVD. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. So, no, Highlander was not... A, but, over almost overwhelmingly, everything that I just said was so disappointing watching as an, as an adult um, that, yes, I completely understand what you're saying about, like, going in hoping that stuff lives up to your childhood expectations. At least in this case, you had the joy of it living up to and not being crushed. Yeah, you know, the casting was pretty good in it. And, like, one thing I could say for Ernest movies, although it's always about Ernest, like, his best movies are when there's really decent side characters and his worst are when they overly rely on just him to carry every last scene. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, d- there's I don't remember a some of them, but I, I do remember, like, I really enjoyed Ernest Goes to Camp. Ernest, yeah, yeah. And I, I remember Ernest Goes to Jail. Like, there there were so many, but, uh, like... Yeah, this this one was definitely just a fond memory. So, and I'm I'm happy that I still enjoyed it. So, good, good. Yeah. All right. Your um, seven. To my number seven goes into your number. I don't remember what number it was, but um, I have a much more intimate experience with the Santa Claus than than you do. Um, my son. In his um, autistic glory, watches this movie probably at least once, if not twice a day, every day, for like the last seven years of my life. Oh, dear Lord. I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I know probably almost every line in this movie. And I agree with just about everything you said in it. Like, um, separate... Tim Allen's like politics from his acting. And I usually enjoy most of the stuff I see him in, but there's very few things where I'm like, gee, you know, the best cast for that would be Tim Allen. Um, I will say this, that galaxy quest is one of my favorite comedy, um, uh, spoofs, you know, especially along the lines of like a more intelligent one versus, you know, like, not to knock him because Mel Brooks is one of my favorite directors of all time, but like Mel Brooks kind of more lowbrow spoof humor. Um, but yeah, the Santa, the first Santa Claus was really good. Um, again, I was, we, you know, we're the same age, so I was older when it came out. And like you said, it, it managed to not make like teenage me, you know, turn my nose up at it. And uh, I think, it, you know, it's relatively held true, you know, the message. Um, and it, it doesn't take away too much from the actual, excuse me, um, Christmas theme, you know, to go into, like, selling toys. Like, I, I notice a lot of, like, Santa Claus-themed things do. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's, that's all I got to add on to it. I mean, you already said it. It was actually yeah. just a cool idea, too. I don't know if... I'm guess I don't know. Was there anything before that that kind of delved into that particular storyline? Because at the time, I'd never seen anything 
No, I mean, I mean, like I remember when we were about five or six, there was a big one called like Santa Claus the Motion Picture, which was more about like this guy's already Santa Claus, and one of his elves wanted to like go into more like industrial manufacturing of the toys instead of handcrafting stuff. So you know that was kind of like the argument there. But yeah, no, nothing about like somebody modern becoming Santa Claus. You know, this was you know. Uh, unfortunately, like the sequels went downhill pretty quickly. Sure, as would be expected. This this was a story that only need one movie to tell it, but I'm sure they made bank. So, yeah. it, you know, it's weird because like you know we were talking about Tim Allen. It's like I never would have thought like Tim Allen in Toy Story. Like that would not have been the guy I would have gotten for Toy Story, and yet that worked well too. Oh yeah, yeah, like. I don't. I don't. I mean, like, you think of Tom Hanks now as being like one of the greatest actors of this generation, but yeah, again, I never would have before he did Toy Story. I never would have been like, oh, you know, Tom Hanks would be perfect for, to play a animatronic cowboy in a kids movie. Right. It, it just the casting was so well done, but yeah, at, at first you just don't consider that, those options. I, I agree. Yeah. All right, man. What's your number seven? Oh, I did a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, <laughs> and I have absolutely nothing. You know what? I'll, I'll, here's what I'll add. My mind was blown. Uh, think like late 90s, watching American History X, and Beverly D'Angelo's in it. And I, I'm, you know, by then I had internet, so I was kind of like looking things up. I'm like, holy shit. I never put together until like I saw it on the screen, like... She was the mom from National Lampoon's. Dude, my mind was so blown that day. It was just one of those really cool moments in my life. I I don't know why that's a cool moment in life, but it really was for me. I, I will say this, too. The scene where Clark's looking out and fantasizing about having the pool in his backyard, and then he sees the, the, the sales clerk from the perfume counter starting to, uh, to undress in his, his dream was like a really cool scene for like yeah. young teenage Chris. Absolutely. I, I think uh, a whole generation of young males probably mostly agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's a tidbit nipply outside. That's right. Yeah. All right. All right, so my number six, um, and I think this might be my mom's number one, but um, is again... It, I don't. I, I seem to notice that I have a lot of comedies hitting my my but my list. But um, have you ever seen the ref with um, Dennis Leary? No, it was brought up on the list, and I haven't seen it. And now I'm curious about it because I love Dennis Leary. So tell All me right. more. So it might have been the first or second. I'm trying to trying to get a timeline here. Okay, I think it was the second thing I ever saw Kevin Spacey in, or remember seeing Kevin Spacey in. So, if you can watch movies that he's in without having to cancel them because you know one person's a fucking sadistic rapist, good because this movie is fucking hysterical. Um, so it, it's it's Christmas Eve, and Dennis Leary is a cat burglar. And he's breaking into an abandoned home to steal some diamonds from this rich pe- person's house, and somewhere in the north, like northeast, 
you know, it's snowing, it's uh, cold. There's, I want to say they're on a river or, or the ocean. So it's probably somewhere in the Northeast. Um, and they successfully steals the jewels, but um, the guy set it up. So uh, if you opened up the safe without doing blah, 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 uh, you got sprayed with cat urine. So like the entire movie, he smells like cat piss um, and an alarm goes off. So like the cops respond and they don't see him, but now he's having to hide out. And so he breaks into another house where people are home and they're getting ready to have their family Christmas party and he kidnaps them um, and ends up having to pretend to be their marriage counselor to get through this Christmas party while his buddy's trying to, you know, set up transportation to get out. And like this family is the most dysfunctional family ever to the point where like (laughs) this, this cat burglar who is, you know, straight up criminal is like, you people are way more fucked up than like any criminal I've ever met in my entire life. Not in like, you know, like an evil deranged way, but just in like, such a mean spirited, like the family that hates each other kind of way. All right. I have a question. Good. Why? So the name of the movie is the ref. How Mm -hmm. does that correlate to, as he has to end up refereeing between like the entire family. Uh, see now. All right. So the name, like I, I feel the name is, I want to say misleading. It's not misleading, but to me, I hear the name The Ref, and I have a whole different thought process about what that film's going to potentially be about. Yeah. I, I think maybe that's why I've never seen it. I love Kevin Spacey and fuck cancel culture. I'll watch whatever the hell I want. So, uh, you know, I'll, I usually watch it, Usual Suspects every two years, so whatever. Yeah, this would have been the second thing I saw him in after Usual Suspects. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just really funny you know like and i'm seeing like a bunch of people that you know i ended up seeing um more of like down the down the road like um uh shit what the hell I'm losing my train of thought i'm seeing christine baranski yeah christine baranski how she, do i know her she's been in a a, a bunch of stuff like she, the the big things I've seen her in recently were like the the good life and the or the good wife and the good fight. Um, she was in Bad Moms. Um, the Big Bang Theory. I don't know if you watched that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, she was in Cruel Intentions. That that and okay. Bullworth. Yes, uh, I love Bullworth. As you pull out like two of the anyways. Um, yeah, so her, Raymond J. Barry, who was, um, I'm pretty sure he was the dad in, um, uh, what the hell was the one with, uh, Justified? Oh, okay. I mean, dude, he yeah. was in Falling Down and Training Day, two of my favorite freaking movies. Yeah, so, like, I, uh, like I'm seeing a bunch of people that, like, I saw, would have seen here for, like, close to the first time, you know, and it's just, yeah. it's... There's some like freaking classic lines in it. It's it's funny without and it's dark without being like you know like overly dark. You know it it never hit like that very bad things line. 
Would you say it's in the same vein or lighter than something like Serial Mom? Way lighter. Okay. Because that that's a quirky as hell movie that's tough to. Yeah, I think we talked about, we talked about that last time, didn't we? Or two and times ago. One that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a quirky movie that's tough to describe, I guess. So okay. I guess I could add this to my never-ending list that I'll never, ever get through. I could live 15 more lifetimes and still never get through the damn list. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, um, what's your number six, bud? Number six. Um, once again, now we're getting into a territory of questionable selections. Uh, I'm going with Die Hard because it's a good movie. I know a lot of people hate that people are classifying it as a Christmas movie. I didn't put it up higher because I didn't want to hear it. I know so, like I, I know it's just like a weirdly debated thing. I'm okay if you don't think it's a Christmas movie. I really am. I, I'm on your side. I just don't agree with you. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not on your side. It's a fucking Christmas movie. Like, I enjoy it. I you know it's something. If I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna watch it around Christmas time. So to me that does correlate for me personally as a Christmas movie what else is there to freaking say about Die Hard? I, I, I mean I know we don't discuss it here on the podcast but is there anything I can really offer that hasn't been talked about ad nauseum at this point in life? Uh, probably not. It's just such a fucking well crafted movie. Just all around you know the, the protagonists are good, the antagonists are good the plot is good it's realistic you know relatively realistic action you know the uh, the attention to detail was there you know like the the side characters were interesting Reginald Vell Johnson man how we just discussed bon- Bonnie Badia in, in the Stephen King yeah. podcast you, you know yeah, like- I mean think I mean even even like Hart Bachner I mean everybody Hey, Hans, Bubby, you know, I mean. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Have you ever seen, I don't know if you even watched Bob's Burgers, the Die Hard episode that they did? I have not. Yeah, I've watched Bob's Burgers a little bit because, like, I'm a huge Archer fan. But uh, it's just, you know, um, not quite the same thing. I I would highly recommend, I don't know, I think it's season four or five, watching I think the episode's called Die Hard or Die Hard or something. Mm-hmm. It it does a it's a musical. They do musical on that and Working Girl, and then they end up having to combine it at the end, and it somehow works magnificently. It's just amazing. <laughs> I think it's Work Hard or Die Trying Girl. I think that's the name of it. So <laughs> I, I highly recommend it. Like. Dude, I, I, in my bedroom, I have, like, a Christmas diehard. I don't even know what the hell it is, but I bought it for for my buddy Ron for this year. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I personally like it, and when I posted on Facebook, I think it was listed two or three times. I don't know. Do you, do you think it... All right, with the debate over diehard, do you, do you think it's almost, like, more... Like, men will say it's a Christmas movie... Do you think it's almost a battle of the sexes? I'm I don't. I don't know because my wife says it's a Christmas movie. Okay. So I mean, I married awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, way to fuck over my theory, Chris. Thanks. Appreciate. Sorry. It. Merry Sorry. Christmas to you too, man. My bad. That's okay. Carl Winslow makes me happy. Always, always, Carl Winslow. Yeah. 
I like. Is he but, still alive? I don't know. That's a good question. He is still alive. Uncle Phil is the one that's dead. God, two of my childhood heroes. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. Eh, these things happen. But anyways, on a brighter, happier note, number five. Guess what? <laughs> is it with a vengeance? <laughs> no, it's just I. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, elaborate, please. Um, yeah, like... If this was, like, best action movies that take place at Christmas, it would be my number one. Um, again, like you said, it, it didn't play Sire because a lot of people would whine. And, you know, it's more... De- okay. I would accept the people who would say that this isn't a Christmas movie if they would admit that it's Christmas adjacent. Ah, there's the word. I there. think you know what? I need to have a bottle of liquor, and every time a Jason comes up, I need to take a shot. That's a new rule for 2022. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess we can get really drunk into our podcast. <laughs> Go on. But, um, but, but, yeah, like, again, like we just said, I, it's, it's, you know, I, I guess the, the only other one that I would have forgotten, besides the Grinch, who stole Christmas, would have been Lethal Weapon. And that would probably be my number two Christmas action movie. I love them both. They're very 80s. Die Hard is less dated for me than Lethal Weapon was. There you go. Oh, I mean, God, that's, yes. yeah. that's that's it. That's all I can say we, that we haven't already said. I, I forgot about Lethal Weapon until that was brought up, but that was not the movie that I had to insert in my list. I, I like Lethal Weapon. It just wasn't a top ten for me because it really has dated... Not so well. Although, to piggyback on that, did you see that they just announced that they are doing Lethal Weapon 5 with all of the original cast, except for possibly Joe Pesci. I don't know if he's coming back. but um, And Mel Gibson will be directing. I'm cool with that. Gibson's a hell of a director. Yeah, I mean... Once again, I, he's like... Again, yeah. Controversial figure, but the dude knows how to direct. Uh, he said what? two best pictures at least e- gosh uh, well I don't at know least, how- at least one yeah. if not multiple up for best picture I mean he, he had Braveheart he had Patriot he had Passion of the Christ and god I know I'm missing a couple that yeah, were uh, well regarded Hex- Hexar Ridge yeah yeah so okay wait I have to mention a funny picture that I'd taken um, so when I turn my, my TV on it has, like, a little screen on the bottom with, like, all the smart app stuff. And it also shows me, like, free movies. So I turn it on, and I giggled, and I was like, I have to take a picture of this. So the three pictures that are right next to each other are, and I don't know if we'll be talking about one of these soon, but It's a Wonderful Life, Hellboy 2, The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I, like, these were right next to each other. I'm like... How, how do you go from... How? Like, why did... Why? Who okayed this? Like, it just... It's so ridiculous. So, yeah, I wanted to share that. I'm glad I... I'm glad you brought it up in some way. So, I'm happy. Yeah. Good stuff. Samsung. <laughs> yeah, okay. Jesus. <laughs> you said it, man. Yeah. Um. All right. What's your number five? 
Um, you know, I initially forgot about this, and then I was happy to be reminded on it while researching for this. Uh, once again, people don't hate me, but whatever. Uh, Batman Returns. Oh, okay. That yeah, that's a good call. Good Dude, call. It's good, good call, cheater. <laughs> no, that wasn't the one I cheated on. Oh, it wasn't? My number two is what I cheated on. Oh. Jesus, so, dude. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I really messed up, okay? So, Batman Returns, like, as a kid, I didn't like Batman Returns nearly as much as I liked the, for, well, the first Keaton Batman. And I honestly liked Batman Forever better than I liked Batman Returns. But at the time, I don't think I was looking for a dark Batman. I, I, I just... I loved horror movies, but I wasn't... For, for Batman, I wasn't looking for super dark. And... Now as an adult, my God, I like I didn't know who Christopher Walken was as a freaking kid, for example. You know, I knew Danny DeVito from a couple of yeah, you know, like Taxi and Twins and stuff. Yeah, right. So like, you know, even Michelle Pfeiffer, I I, I didn't know her. So, but now like as an adult to see all this, it was so good. I, I don't know. It's a really good movie. I th- is this the one that also has Bane in it? No, that was um, uh, that was the fourth one, Batman and Robin. Oh, okay, my bad. Um, but anyway, yo, know, even like the Super Nintendo game that came out was actually quite good. Like, once again, as a kid, I just didn't appreciate it nearly as much <clears throat> as I do as an adult. Uh. I don't know if it's my favorite Batman movie, but it's high up, at the very least. Oh, and Vincent... Uh, Schiavelli. Yeah. Thank you. I can he, never... As the organ grinder with the, the monkey. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a delight. I, I don't know. There's just a lot of positive things for it. I loved that movie. I love that movie. Michelle Pfeiffer is still the hottest cat woman. Okay, Eartha Cat was really hot, too. But, uh yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, and yeah, again, it's I forget about it. I loved it more than the first Burton Batman. I've never been like, I don't know what it is with the Joker, where like people get into like a fetish about him, where they're like, oh my god, this is the Joker. Um, but it it's more absurd than like people's obsession over like Lex Luthor needing to be in a Superman movie. Like everybody just insists Joker has to be part. And my God, Batman has such a I hate saying rogue gallery, but he has the best. And so. and I mean as as good a job as Jack did, his Joker was definitely based off of like the nineteen fifties campy Joker. That I just I don't like. Um, Correct. You know like. If, if we're going to talk about a Joker that I think was relevant and I actually enjoyed, Heath Ledger, hands down, takes the, the cake for that for me. But And Mark Hamill, on a barrel mention. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, but even then, for the most part, he's still riffing his Joker off of the, the earlier, you know... Um, Cesar Romero, right? Cesar Romero version, compared to, you know, much more modern stylings. Whereas... Danny DeVito's Penguin is, like, completely and totally fucking unique. Like, I've never seen people do another version of the Penguin where he was, like, you know, like, a mutated fish man kind of, you know, kind of thing. 
Again, it, Michelle Pfeiffer was an awesome Catwoman. Uh, and like you said, we were too young at the time to really appreciate Christopher Walken, but going back and looking at, you know, Maximilian Shrek, you know, there's, um, there's a great story about uh, him talking about working with Tim Burton, and he was like, you know, I was reading The Great Gatsby, and, you know, this, this character in it wore cufflinks that were made out of molars, and then he came in, you know, talking with Tim Burton about that. And he came in and in the next day, there were cufflinks made out of molars in his dressing room for him, for that character. I mean, and you don't ever really see that, but you know, that's something that informed, you know, how he ended up playing the guy. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Cause I mean, I'm a huge Burgess M- Meredith, uh, fan and he played, <laughs> he played the, know, back, yeah, back in now, the, uh, Adam West. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're the new one. We're getting Colin Farrell and I'm not, I don't want to prejudge it. I've seen Colin do some good stuff. I'm not usually a fan, but I, I'm curious to see how they present him, plus his acting. Yeah, he he definitely does not look like Colin Farrell. Like I'll right. give him that. That if nothing else, the the performance could suck, but the um, the makeup they did on him is amazing. I'm also curious. I'm, I really am looking forward to John Turturro. I always am. <laughs> Just, I don't know about Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Now I'm reserving judgment. I'm reserving judgment on almost the whole cast, aside from I'm already sold on Totoro. Yep. Yeah, I mean we'll have to see. Like I hope it turns out really good because, uh, well, like I've been replaying the the Batman Arkham games. I know. Let's 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 really talk about Christmas movies right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, don't, don't work. <laughs> You know, like, one of the things that I really enjoyed about them was, like, they got that, you know, Batman's rogues gallery is a bunch of serial killers. You know, like, all of them. You know, part of the the, the best thing about playing through those games is when you sit there and you just listen to the uh, the audio tapes of, like, the psychological interviews that they're doing with those guys while they're in the asylum. Dude, and like, there's so much good yeah. stuff in there. Like, I, I just I played through it last year, Arkham Asylum, for the third time. <laughs> I, I really love it. I didn't finish Arkham City. Like, I, I started it after playing it. I've already beaten it once. I think I 100%ed it, which that's a task right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I never fully got into uh, Arkham Knight quite yet, but uh, I did buy it just so I could eventually do it. Yeah, I just I just replayed Asylum and City and started Origin for a replay yesterday. But yeah, I mean like listening to like they got the fact that, you know, these these people aren't campy. I mean, the the, the smallest one of them are, you know, mass murderings. So it right. looks like yeah. this movie will hopefully understand that and have that kind of tone. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, the Riddler definitely, optimistic. I mean, like, the Riddler's almost always been campy. You end up seeing way more versions of, like, Jim Carrey playing him than you do, like, what we get. But when you think about it, he's basically, like, what Jigsaw would be if Jigsaw had, like, a superhero arch enemy. Now that, that would be interesting. So, um, yeah. yeah, anyways, where the hell were we? 
We were we finished up my number five, and we all decided that Batman Returns was good. And now we're moving on to number four and trying to recapture our fan base before they turn us off. Speaking of Jigsaw, uh, we come into Home Alone. <laughs> all right. or, or John Kramer's origin story. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest origin story never told. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love this movie. I love the suck the second one too. But I remember God, when did Home Alone come out? Eighty eight? Eighty nine? Eighty eight, eighty nine, someplace in there, yeah. And so we would have been like eight or nine. And that was, you know, right about the time that you're starting to feel like you're growing up. You know, you're not necessarily there yet, but you're like, oh, I'm I'm too old for these animated things. Ha ha ha. And then, you know, something you see the the trailers and the advertisements for this and it was definitely one of the first movies that I remember being like super marketed. Like Yeah. Ads were everywhere. Um and you're like, "Oh, that looks like a kids movie." And then you watch it and you're like, "That was funny as hell." It was touching. You know, the cast was great. It made Macaulay Culkin a star way too early, and he fizzled out for the most part. Like, I don't think, you know, he'll ever bounce back. But, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just a great movie. And then when you, you watch, like, the YouTube videos about how, like, how deadly, like, all of the traps and stuff were. Like, I watched, um... My buddy showed me a special effects movie or video on YouTube where they like they went through like what would actually have happened to people for for each one of the traps, you know, like yeah, Harry and Marv wouldn't have made it. But uh, oh god, no. <laughs> and then and then going into like the whole Kevin McAllister's actually John Kramer's real name, and this is where he learned how to yeah, just a really funny you know adjacent stuff. Yeah, there's. I think this was honestly probably my first. I don't know if I'd seen Joe Pesci in much of anything. If I had, I, I didn't pay attention to him at the time. Daniel Stern, I knew who, I knew Roberts Blossom, but not. I knew him from Christine, and I never even correlated that. Th- those were the same two men because they were so such different characters. For example, yeah, yeah, I got you. And like even Angela, uh, I don't know, Gothels. I mean, she's in uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Like, how, oh, she so was the cool little things. girl, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. And then you got uh, John Candy. My God. I, as a kid, I used to watch Camp Candy, the cartoon, which was yep. great. Uh, there's just so many cool things about this movie. It it, it hits every note. And uh, Did you watch it in the theater, or did you only watch it at home? I watched it at home, but I want to say that, like... <sighs> I remember my mom bringing home, uh, bringing home the, the the VHS when she picked us up from work. And that day, if I remember correctly, a brother and I had gotten in trouble because, like, our boots had gotten soaked. But I think it was a Friday, so I mean, I remember we were we were in trouble. We weren't going to be, and then we watched it. And we all enjoyed it so much that we turned around and we watched it again back to back. Right. Nice. Right, yeah. I, back in the day, I, I wasn't able to get many 
store-bought movies. Uh, so I probably only had maybe like 20 until like my teenage years. And this was definitely one of them. Like, I don't know, just it had to be one of them. This and part two were both in my very, very small collection of actually things I owned rather than something I recorded off Fox in the afternoon or HBO during the free weekend preview. Like, yeah, I actually, oh yeah, I mean, back when, when like that was a thing, you know, like kids, kids have no idea about like recording, you know, stuff off TV, trying to avoid the commercials, you know, stretching out. Like if I recorded at this speed, I can get eight hours worth of video versus, yeah, SLP eight yeah. hours. Like, oh, I can get four movies on this. All right, I don't care about quality as long as I have the content. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, I yeah, great, great tracking. You remember having to deal with tracking? Oh, auto tracking was a godsend. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Us old people. What's your number four? Okay, I. I'm, I'm questionable about this. I still say it counts. Um, Edward Scissorhands. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'll give it to you. Because isn't there, like, the whole thing about, like... The snow? Why, the snow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I've always been a fan of it. I, I rewatched it a few years ago because I hadn't seen it forever, it felt like. And it's still excellent. It's still an excellent film. Um it's older at this point, uh, 1990. Same year as Home Alone, come to find out. Jesus. So now you 90 make me, was a good year. <laughs> now you're making me feel... It's, yeah, it's older, 1990. You know... Yeah. Th- what was that, 31 years ago? Yeah, man. <laughs> Winona yeah. Ryder. I saw this one in the young. theater. I did. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Like, w- once again, another one of those movies that has a cast like, you know, even somebody like I, can't, I don't know how to pronounce it. Conchata Farrell from uh, Two and a Half Men is in it. Diane Weist from Lost Boys. Uh, Vincent Price as the inventor. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, was, um, I was just watching an interview with Anthony Michael Hall the other day where he was talking about it. Um, yeah, I, I love Ellen Arkin in this movie, man. I, he's just, yeah. I, I love Ellen Arkin, period, but... He yeah. like his dryness just makes it for me. Yeah, I, I don't really have much to once again, it's not a movie that I initially thought of as a Christmas movie, but as I was going well, I don't know. I think people assume I go through lists in preparation for these podcasts because I'm always inevitable to forget a, a, at least one or two movies. So I, I pour through these lists and usually I dismiss most everything, but this came up. I was like, Oh yeah. Like, Oh, it's just, it's, it's probably more Christmas adjacent, but whatever. It's my list. Deal. You know, you know what my favorite, uh, commercial from the Super Bowl was this year? No. The, the Timothy Chalamet one where he was Edward Scissorhands' kid. <laughs> All right. Yep. That's fantastic. All right. All right. Anything else to add? No, I'm happy with that. You know, Tim Burton, back-to-back for me. Yeah, good job. Wow, good Timmy, on me. Good, right. job, good job, Timmy B. All right. <laughs> Unfortunately, my number three is now Timmy, Timmy B. But um, uh, it's probably more of considered a new year's movie but 
Christmas takes place in there too is, but my number three is one of my favorite uh, comedies of all time, and that's Trading Places with um, Dan Aykroyd and uh, Eddie Murphy. Don't hate me. Never seen it. Oh my God, Kent. If I know there are a lot of lists that we make where there's stuff that we haven't seen, dude, you got to watch this movie. Seriously, like this is like one of those ones where like you got to watch it as soon as we stop the podcast. It's it's that good. And now that I built it up for you, you're probably gonna hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Trade. Wait, is it trading places or spaces? Uh, trading should be trading places. Trading places. Okay. Okay. Making. I. I. It's the first thing I'm making for a note. So feel. Yeah. Honored. Yeah. It, it's. It's hysterical, man. And, like, one of my favorite things is, like, the two old guys, um, Ralph Bell- Bellamy and Don Amici, um, their characters in this are the same characters who are homeless begging outside of the, uh, the, shit, what the hell was it? The, uh, the, whatever, the McDougal's in, um, Coming to America. Okay. That, that he yeah. gives the money to. Yeah, so um it was just like a nice little little nod from him to like two people who like get him on on his way. But um yeah, like after like seeing something like this, you know, and like how funny the two of these guys are, it always it floored me that like Chevy was more successful than consider I guess considered more successful than them in the 80s. Yeah, because Eddie Murphy was freaking. Eddie Murphy on was fire. on fire. Dan Aykroyd was in almost just yeah, almost <laughs> you know, Spies Like Us with with um Chevy. I mean, so it's it's it was weird for me to to hear that like he made so much more money than these guys. That is weird. That is really weird. Yeah, uh, just puts things in weird perspective, I guess. I mean, and, and like for me, I know a lot of times we talk about like. Jamie Lee Curtis because she's done a lot of horror, but this is like the first thing that I saw her in. So you know, other than rather than Halloween, you know, this is what I remember her from, and like her comedic timing was like killer in it. So, and John Landis directed it. Yeah, it's dude. It's it is probably hands down one of the top five funniest movies I've ever seen. Just I mean, it is dated. Because we're talking about something made in the early '80s, but you know it's it's great. I'm I'm looking through. I'm seeing like Frank Oz. I'm seeing John Carlo Esposito. I'm also seeing, and I have to really ask, Robert Earl Jones. I mean, he's got to be related, right? Um, maybe, probably. I, I mean, I mean, the Earl Jones just kind of makes. Yeah, me I mean it. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Uh, oh, wow, Robert Earl Jones was in Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> huh, all right, well, good to know. Yeah, okay. So, I hope you floor me with your number three. It's a movie we've talked about before that I know you like. Okay, good. Um, it's the closest thing to horror that I'm going to come to on this list, aside from my number one. Uh, Gremlins. You know what? Yeah. I um wish I had uh No, actually I don't. Like 
This was one that I like, but it did not live up to his my memories of it when I rewatched it. Re- well, probably within the last year. I don't remember it's- which one we were talking. Was it our sp- Christmas specific? Was this movie Christmas specific? Yeah, didn't we do didn't we do one where it was Christmas horror movies? I don't know, but I I know we did way back in the day. We did the actual blogs about Gremlins, and then we did. Oh yeah, okay. Maybe maybe it's for the blog instead of the podcast. But but yeah, so I enjoy Gremlins, but I think it definitely was better back in the day. I don't want to knock your your list um, because it's yours, but. yeah, I mean, I, it just, it wouldn't have made mine. It's a product of its time, but I still, once again, it's one of those things that I can look back fondly upon and still actually enjoy it nowadays. Did I like it better as a kid? Of course I did, but... I, you know, I, th- I really think that Gremlins is a, some th- is a property that could be remade without having to be rebooted, because, like, when I rewatched it, a lot of the weakest part of it was just Zach Galligan, you know, as, as Billy. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> no yeah, doubt. And, and like the Mogwai could just be thrown in almost any situation, you know, get some decent actors and a decent script and you don't, you, know, you can, if you want to give the nod, you know, have Billy in there, you know, like, Oh, somebody stole Gizmo. Oh, I'll come in and for like the first five minutes and the last five minutes kind of shit. Yeah, he he can be a father or an uncle, something. You you could do any any number of things and to include him, which I think fans would like. But yeah, bring it to a new generation. The marketing is super easy. Our generation's going to bring our kids to it because nostalgia. You know, it it just works on every level. It, it would be successful. I, I I fully believe it would be a success. Just you know cast somebody that's not horrible. Yeah. That's all. There you go. Neil say Gremlins 2 is not on my list, but just because if anybody ever needs a laugh, look up the Gremlins 2 Key and Peel sketch on YouTube. <laughs> it's fantastic. It yeah, really is. It really is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true, too. It really, it really is, yeah. So, that's my number three. All right, and from reading a Facebook post, I think my number two is something that you haven't seen either, which would be Scrooged. Yes, yes, I'm... After you watch Trading Places, go watch Scrooged. (laughs) Sure things, huh? (laughs) I mean, I know you want to sleep tonight, but you got to get your Christmas fix on. Um, Bill Murray is kind of like... When he's on, he's on. And he's he's usually almost funny, always funny, but like Scrooged is one of the high marks for him because like this is this is one of those movies where he has to carry the whole thing and he does, and this is again why well I guess for the first time this would be why I didn't put any of the Christmas Carols on my list because this is the best version of a Christmas Carol, hands down. Um. It's, Man, that's some high praise. It, it is. I mean, it's it's the Scrooge story modernized and told through, you know, a TV executive rather than, you know, a banker or an accountant or whatever you want to say. Um, 
and it's it's just funny. Like he's good in it. Bobcat Goldthwait's good in it. Carol Kane's good in it. Um, yeah, it's Buddy it's, Hackett and Robert Goulet, man. Oh, dude, <laughs> Lee Majors, Michael Pollard. I like Michael Pollard a lot more for horror stuff, but it's a name that I know at least. Like, it's a really solid cast. And uh, well, I mean, it's horror adjacent dude too i mean it's there were there were definitely some things where it was like yeah what after having seen it now you know you know you know what's going on but like the first time you're watching it yeah it's a little creepy with some of the ghosts they did a pretty good job with the special effects but it's just yeah it's 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 funny it's over the top you know like he they're it's 80s trying to sell stuff on TV, so they're talk- they're filming a live studio version of A Christmas Carol on Christmas Eve. And, you know, they're, they're like, oh, and we've got Mary Lou Rhett and this tiny Tim. So when she, she, she walks, she doesn't just walk. She does, you know, triple cartwheel down the aisle and then the backflip into the, you know, putting her crutches down kind of, you know, so it's... <laughs> Yeah. It sounds entertaining enough to me that I, I, I truly believe I will enjoy it. I mean, will I say it's ever better than Mickey's Christmas Carol? That's a tough one, but I'm willing to give it the chance. If nothing else, hey, being number two behind probably my second most beloved Christmas cartoon is not a bad thing. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm excited about this. Uh, now I just got to find it. <laughs> I uh, I had to sp- I don't think special order it but yeah I had to order it to find a copy because it didn't I don't think it was streaming anywhere when I was and I, I enjoyed it enough to make my wife let me buy it you know I was in a production uh, of A Christmas Carol and it was it was a production within a production so like the beginning and end was like the production crew and the actors kind of talking as themselves and then putting on the show of Christmas Carol. And although I wasn't Scrooge, I got to be Marley and I also got to be a ghost of Christmas past. And it was cool. It was probably my favorite play that I ever did. Mainly probably because I had a good role. Um, but it was a good time. Dom, Dominic, our, our mutual friend Dom was Scrooge. Uh, I can see that. <laughs> so, and, and opening night, you know, like, uh, I don't know if it's in every telling of the story, but like Marley's face becomes the door knocker. So I'm like there just trying to keep my face still as I'm my face is on the door. And he decides that's the best opportunity. Like he's happy. And all of a sudden he gives me this big kiss on the lips and I have to like, just try to stay perfectly still. Like, <laughs> he just like, he laughed at me. Like he, he knew. <laughs> and I was just like, Yep, I'm just going to be professional because whatever. It was it was funny. It really was funny, and uh, yeah, it was probably my my I don't know. Probably yeah, I'd say my highlight for on stage acting. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, anything more? Uh, no, I I just I can't recommend it highly enough. Okay, so. My number two, and this is the one. This is the one that I'm sitting there kicking myself in the ass over. 
because I can't believe I my mom would be so ashamed of me. I, I feel, uh, amongst other reasons, but grumpy old men. Yeah, yeah. I saw that on the list, and I was like, I'm not going to change my list, but I don't know where, and I don't know where to fall it in. But yeah, I love those movies too. Dude, it's easily it's it's got to be in my top ten favorite comedies of all time. Um, I mean, the sequel's also amazing, but like. Everything about it was just really well done. Uh, the the cast was great. Love the outtakes at the end where they're showing Burgess uh, Meredith just cut up that one scene over and over and over again. My God, yes. Ah, looks like she's taking a skin boat to Tuna Town. <laughs> <laughs> Burgess was so filthy in that movie. He was great. Like, uh, you know, aside from uh, the, the Walter and and uh, Jesus, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. The hell's the other guy's name? Jack Lemon. Walter. Yeah. And yeah. Ozzie Davis, who was from The Stand as well. And uh, the main, what was it, Ann Margaret, right? Yep. So, and then they added Sophia Loren, I think, in the sequel. Secular, like, yeah. There was, and and then you also got, um, oh, Christ, the, the kid, you know, the, the son's kids, daughter. The kids, yeah. Daryl Hannah and Kevin uh, Pollock. Pollock, yes. There we go. My God, my brain is not working well. But all in all, like I don't even know if I knew who the hell Kevin Pollock was until this film. And then when he popped up in Usual Suspects, I was like, I am. This is so weird to me. Like it was two very different roles. To oh, say you know what? I, I remember seeing Grumpy Old Men when it came out. You know, relatively soon afterwards. And yeah, I, I Kevin Pollock didn't even really make a blip on my radar in it. You know, I, I liked him. I didn't dislike him. And then, you know, years later, after you know becoming a fan from Usual Suspects and going back and seeing, I'm like, oh shit, he was in that. Yeah. But you know, like, Hannah. I think it's funny is that like I never, you know, I was was too young to to, you know, have watched the original Odd Couple. You know, these two dudes, you know, portraying you know those characters, and you know, then years later, I see them reunite on screen as you know grumpy old men and i'm like wow these guys are really funny not realizing that you know they've been acting together for like years and years and years playing off of each other yeah as a kid i had no idea and once again this is one of those movies that i saw in the theater with my mom so all the sexual jokes and stuff fantastic i mean at least (laughs) at least you didn't take her to sleepwalkers Best movie <laughs> memory ever. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. This was another one of those films that I actually owned. I actually bought it for my mom for Christmas. Uh, it was actually a movie that she liked, unlike Shawshank Redemption, when I bought it for her. So, good times. Yeah, I, I love this movie. I love the sequel. I, again, I didn't have it on my list. I saw it. I don't know where I would have put it, but... Yeah, it's a great, it's a great movie. All the jokes that they play on each other, it, I don't know. I don't think I go five minutes without laughing. Like, I still laugh, even though I know what the jokes are. I still laugh. That, that to me, is the sign of a good comedy. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. I am so curious. What your, has, has your number one been mentioned by me at all? It's been mentioned by you, but not within context of a movie that we've spoken of yet. Yeah, I, I have a feeling where this might be going. I, but go I have to go with a classic. Yeah. And it's it's for me it's it's one that I remember watching with my mom a lot when I was a kid. You know, like my my wife has a, a tradition 
every Christmas where she watches White Christmas with her mom. They'll they'll put the movie on, you know, like instead of streaming it together, like her mom will put her copy in, my wife will put a copy on, and they'll watch it together um, while they're, uh, you know, on the phone with each other. Um, I don't do that with my mom, but, you know, like It's it's a Wonderful Life was something, you know, I remember uh, watching with her as a kid and then just growing up. And, you know, it's been like a basis for a lot of different stories I've seen over the years, you know, everything from like Mr. Destiny to, um, I don't know, the the whole idea of like what would life be like it's without you in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the line, you know, every time an angel or bell rings, an angel gets his wings has been used, you know, all sorts, you know, from everything from like spawn to, uh, uh, what have you. But, um, you know, like it really rests on like Jimmy Stewart's shoulders. And I really appreciate Jimmy Stewart as an actor from, from that era. Um, you know, there's so many scenes or like, like when you see the uh, the pharmacist, you know, smacking him around as a kid working for him, and then until he realizes that you know this kid saved him from you know accidentally poisoning somebody, and then you see like the kindness that he showed to that guy turned around years later. It just it, it hits me in the feels. That's what I've heard from anybody that has brought it up around me. See, I've never fully seen the movie. I've only seen very small snippets, so uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I bought it on Amazon Prime within the past year with intent to watch it this year. I'm I'm not going to let the hype get to me because, I mean, it's such an old movie at this point. You know, either I like it or I don't like it, but I'm genuinely curious to see I, I used to I knew who Donna Reed was because she used to have the Donna Reed show that used to be on Nick at Night when we were, you know, much younger. Um, so I'm familiar with her work and you know, James Stewart. I, I'm a little familiar with. So I don't know. I'm I'm genuinely curious to see how it hits me. Uh, you know, I just forty one year old. I just realized I left something off my list, but oh well. <laughs> All right, let's know. What is it? Uh. I don't know what happened to it because I thought it was in there, but somehow a Christmas story disappeared. Okay. Jesus Christ! How can I forget? Okay, so my number one is something that Kent never does, and it's a, it's a Wonderful Life <laughs> and a Christmas Story. There you go. Um, yeah, I love both those. Plagiarism. Uh, yeah. So I'm one of those people that I don't hate a Christmas story or anything like that. I just. Mm. You know, it used to, it used to be on what TBS or TNT. They they used to do like the twenty four hour marathon. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's fine. I I I didn't watch it when I was a kid though, so I don't have. I I fully believe it's a nostalgic film. I don't know if it holds up well to brand new eyes nowadays. I'm not sure if it. Maybe it does. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was something I loved watching as a kid. Um, I don't know, like I see. I see a lot of, like, situations... Not necessarily, like, my situations, but, you know, like... I can see, like, the dad having to go through the dad shit, the mom having to go through the mom shit, the kids having to go through the kid stuff. Yeah, I don't... Right. 
so yeah, like those two are the classics for me. Um, yeah, I actually thought that'd be brought up more in the post on t- on Facebook today. So I, I was really surprised it wasn't. But I think a lot of people like once you got past like the first three or four people, they all tried to do, do bring their own new title yeah. to it. So. Yes. So I apologize, Kent. I did not mean to do a double number one, but. Yeah, thinking about it, yeah, they both probably are, are number one for like I could, and any given day, it would be you know whichever one I just thought of first. After all the times that I fucked up on this, I, I'm willing to let you go on this one. Well, I mean, it's it's not really fucking up if like every single month you do it. Then it's just you know like <laughs> then it's, it's the expected. norm. Yeah, I mean, what I'm doing now is unexpected because I've actually stayed. On course, surprisingly. And I don't have a surprise double feature for my number one. I just have a number one. All right. I'm interested in hearing. Well, we already talked about it. I didn't want to overhype it, but I mean, Saw Zero. (laughs) Home Alone. I mean, I've already said, like, I mean, we have talked about this film. Like, even in our horror podcast, we have discussed Home Alone. Like, we have discussed. It's one. How many. How many months in a row did we talk about Home Alone in the blog? <laughs> it was like 20 months in a row. Dude, I feel it's probably one of the 10 most discussed between our podcast and the blogs that we, we did. Like, I we've just, we've covered every angle of it, and I'm happy to because it's something I absolutely love talking about, but, you know, it gets to a point where there's nothing left to say. Same with, I mean... Well, look at all the movies that we've talked about. Uh, you know, 28 Days Later, we, we talked about a bunch, know, so yeah. many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we were doing is just, like, best films. Like, those same movies kept coming up time and time again. So, you know, it's it's just, you know, personal. For, for me, I, I watch it almost every year. The highest every praise year. I can give it is something you said with Grumpy Old Men. But, you know, like, I've seen it so many times... And still, like, every time, like, Harry and Marv go into one of those traps, I still laugh. Like, probably one of the hardest times I have ever laughed in my entire life is when he throws the spider on Daniel Stern. And, like, that scream is so real. I imagine that they didn't tell him it was going to happen, and they just did it in the movie. Like this high-pitched primal scream. (laughs) I, yeah. Like, even something throwaway, like him going to the corner store and asking, like, if the toothbrush is approved by the American Dental Association, you know, and keep yeah. the change of filthy animal. Like, there's just so many. The the polka band. Uh, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw in a little uh, video game knowledge. The video game for Home Alone sucked. We, we all know this. But. There's a zombie game called Dead Island. I mm-hmm. have you played it, right? I yeah, I have. I haven't played it in a long time, and I never beat it. Okay, so I mean, I've played it through probably close to ten times. And there's a thing that you can do when you go into some houses. They have sinks, and you can turn the water on. I always turn it on as an homage to the Wet Bandits, and I even have a <laughs> Wet Bandits shirt in my closet. Like, dude, I. I you know, just, I don't know, there's all these weird things in life that I still can go back and attribute to Home Alone. So, yeah, 
Wet Bandits for life. I wish Daniel Stern would go, like, get back in the limelight. Like, he was pretty funny, I thought. Not only was he pretty funny, but he also was able to do some pretty creepy, serious stuff. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but, like, I remember him in, um... He he did a DOA with Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Um, I'm pretty sure he was in Very Bad Things. Maybe I was wrong about that one. I'm trying to, to go back because that was a while ago. No, yep, he was in Very Bad Things. Um, I mean, yeah. City Slickers, which yeah, I know City is Slickers completely off the... T- yeah. He was even the narrator for freaking The Wonder Years. I didn't know that. What? I, I, know. I, I kind of remember that now. Oh, you know, there was so. Oh. Uh, shit. I was just seeing something about uh, Michael Keaton was a narrator for something that he was on. Oncre- oh, Inventing the Abbots. Oh. He was uncredited oh. for. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. So I guess we tried our own narrator moment tonight. Yeah, good on us. And wow, I, I I feel like we we did good here. Yeah, um, I guess we're gonna be coming back in a a minute with just like our little brief random musings that we talk about in between each podcast. But this one probably is not gonna be too long since we just did one a couple of weeks ago. Um, so either uh, stick around or we'll see you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>